Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and today I am joined by, I, I don't want to call her co-worker, because we do work together, but she was at one point one of our commanders, and now she has a really cool story to tell. Jennifer LaRock. Jen LaRock, thanks for being here. Thank you, Jamie. I kind of want to say thanks for being back here, and, and, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that in a moment. But you have such an incredible story, and I only know the story as it pertains to the police department part. Can you talk a little bit about what got you to the police department? And then I got some questions, because then your career really comes interesting. I know you served in the military, and you had other cool careers. Can you talk a little bit about early on in your career and what has driven you? My career with the police department, I think... Um, well, it started in 1991, and I was coming off uh, four years in the U.S. Air Force with a short stint as a flight attendant for a year. With At that time, it was American West Airlines, so I'm aging myself. Um, but I started out working in patrol and, and made my way through different areas, did a lot of temporary assignments, drug enforcement, did a little vice when you had the little pagers and you'd have to talk into the pager and hope someone would come and save you at the last minute before you had to get into the car. Did some back in the day when you'd actually go into crack houses and buy dope undercover. I did a little bit of that. And then uh, a tactical unit, walking beat, and spent a lot of time in uh, Southside. So really kind of just kept moving along through my career. And um, for some reason, someone came to me one day, actually Chief Renteria, and said, hey, we're going to take the sergeant's test. And I thought, why would I want to do that? And um, I don't know. She convinced me, and I took the surgeon's test and then ended up uh, talking to another guy you may remember, Tommy Van Dorn, who's now at the county attorney's office, and he said, let's go to law school. I thought, well, okay, why not? And uh, that wasn't such a great idea at the time. It was a lot of work and then trying to work at the same time. Um, so I went I think my last year I took 19 college credit hours at ASU, and that was full-time sergeant work in Southside, so that was, that was rough. Can we talk a little bit about that? So sure. uh, I found having a career is hard enough. Maybe one college class for me, and you're talking 19 college credits and a full-time career. How in the world did you manage that? Red Bull. I drank a lot of Red Bull. And in fact, my guys would come in at night and give me Red Bull because we'd just be going 100 miles an hour. And I was in a trance mostly. But I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. So at that time, we worked what's called 410s. We'd have our four days on and three days off. And so I would get off shift at about three and start my classes at about eight and get through those and then come home, take a short nap. And then Luckily, I worked in a very busy area, so it kept you going all night long. I actually had Central City Precinct at that time as a sergeant. And so I think that really just kind of kept me going, and I had a great squad. And so, yeah, I I made it. So if we could just dig into that for one second. So uh, one of the greatest recruitment tools that we have as the city of Phoenix is tuition reimbursement. If you get a certain grade, we will essentially pay for your education. Um, But you achieved really so a law degree is a doctorate degree in education is that is that fair to say yeah it's a judicial degree yeah it's it's in a law, jurist I'm doctorate I'm yeah 
in law. So, yeah, but tuition reimbursement at that time, I think, was maybe 3600 or something like that. And the law school loans are well over hundred grand. So it was not – I think a lot of people are under the misconception that the police department or the city paid for that. They paid for a minuscule amount at that particular time because um, it was just outrageous, the, the amount of student loans that you compile with going to you know, law school – what a lot of folks do now is they do the cohort program. A lot of our employees one day a week will move through the educational process, uh, and the city will pay for that. Well, you're talking about taking a tremendous amount of courses all while maintaining a full-time job. And I know you say Red Bull, but how in the world do you find that work-life balance as you're taking all that on? Well, I didn't have much at that time. I mean, it was constantly just you know studying and trying to get through work. And so I just put my head to the nose to the grindstone and just kept focusing on the end. And that's what I've done my entire life. What's at the end? And so if you focus on that, it just everything becomes a blur. And and the next thing you know, you're finished. And just like my career, I put my nose to the grindstone for 28 years. And the next thing I know, I'm retiring and I couldn't even believe it. Well, that, and that's where your story gets interesting or more interesting. So you could have been a sergeant or even a lieutenant in our legal team. So you have both an appreciation of police work and you have your law degree, but you didn't. You continued to move through. Talked. What was your driving force? What was that like to continue to promote and leave the legal arena that you were so comfortable? I took the bar exam and the lieutenant's test at the same time, and that um, that about. And at the time, I think I was working in homicide. I was the admin sergeant at the time, and so um, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be an attorney for the department, but I thought. I would be in my 50s when I retired, and I'd have something else to do. And I was hoping to maybe go to the county attorney's office or something, maybe the AG's office. And so that was kind of my end goal, but um, that kind of took a turn when I became a lieutenant. Um, After my probationary year, I worked a couple other details, and then at the time it was Chief Harris called me up and said, hey, do you want to come up and help us out at the legal uh, unit? And so I, I, I went up there and... And uh, that's where I stayed until I promoted to commander. And that probably sounds like a dream job, but you're getting calls at all hours, holidays, nights, weekends. And then the double whammy for you is everybody just knew you and trusted you. So even if you weren't on call, you're still getting the call. I mean, that's a lot of hours, right? I enjoyed it. That's what I love about the job. I love getting the calls in the middle of the night or someone calling up and asking you to review a 80-page wiretap or asking about a crazy, you know, convoluted story that you never think could be topped from the last time. I really enjoy those things and helping them out because I remember as a young officer having some kind of interesting calls and I wasn't always necessarily looking back sure that I made the right call or or worked through that. But it's so nice now because we have so many attorneys up there now. I think there's four or five of us and we rotate on call. But I love getting those calls and giving them relief and working kind of through the problem with them. And I I fall right back asleep. It does not matter if I'm on call 24-7. I just love helping out younger officers and the younger generation that's coming up. You didn't stop at lieutenant, though. Something happened at some point where you said, I think I can do this again. Talk to us about 
what what prompted you to promote again? Well, I had two years left, and I really did think I was going to retire as a lieutenant loss. It was at the time labeled a lieutenant loss specialist, and but I I just felt like there is another step that I could do before I got out. I, I would love to take that law degree and the things that I've learned and bring it out to the academy. I had a different philosophy on training, and so I. Um, worked with a phenomenal team out there who did some incredible things. And I was lucky enough to work with these great people out there. And we did make a lot of changes within two years. I I hit the ground when we had um, a, a lot of things going on in 2018. And uh, so there was a lot of pressure to kind of change the perception of how we train and what we do, but um, there's a lot of people with some great ideas, and I wanted some really meaningful um, direct training and um, kind of took it in a different direction. When you left us, you got to go do some work with, uh, I, I'm a huge fan, uh, Chief Benny Pena and Surprise. You got to do some work with Surprise. You recently have come back to the Phoenix Police Department in a, in a brand new capacity. It, I saw you the first day that you were back, and it was really weird. Because it was almost like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. It almost seemed like however long you'd been gone, it was just a blip on the radar. Didn't matter what your rank was. Didn't matter what your title was. But you came back. And can you talk a little bit about the, the new roles and responsibilities you now have? It's interesting you say that because when I walked through the halls, I had a couple people do the double take. What are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, working. And I think a lot of people weren't expecting me to come back. And so... Um, Right now, I went through an interview process, and they uh, had an opening in the legal unit. One of our attorneys left to go to another agency, and so I thought about it, and I spur the moment, I thought I'd love to go back there. And and so I basically am doing what I did prior, only it's a lot more busy. It's way busier than when it was when I when I was spent my nine years up there. Somebody gave you a really nice compliment. I hope you take it as a compliment. And they said, I really enjoy working with Jen um, because when I come to her with something, to your point, the word convoluted, something, she takes it really seriously. Like she dissects it. She asks questions. She looks at it from both the police view, which you have that ability to do, and the legal protective view. And they said that you can just tell that you really take it seriously. This person said, I've never felt blown off. I've never felt unimportant. I know they're busy, but she makes us feel like we matter. Is that something you do intentionally? I do. I think you kind of look at the global view. Sometimes when you get asked a legal question, there's that legal act, there's a legal answer, and then it's can we, should we, how is this going to affect the city and the organization, and what's our end game here? And so you kind of have to look at it in phases and get other people to kind of see it in that light as well. I think it's really important for decision making. And I think people, and I'm sure when you go to parties, people ask you questions about legal stuff. But I'm sure that there are other times where people are like, well, I let Jen know what we're going to do. And then they're almost surprised when you're like, whoa, I've got some clarifying questions. Do you find that to be the case? Like people are just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And just think you'll say, oh, okay. I think people are really infatuated with police. And what they're doing and things that are in the news. And they, they like to know the inside scoop, which obviously everything I do is attorney-client privilege, so I can't share a lot of that. But overall, they want to know 
about the police department. I think people are, I think the majority of people really support police and what we do and appreciate the things that um, police have to offer our community, even with the small uh, anecdotal stories that you hear throughout the country. I think the majority of people really care about service and the officers that I talk to really you can tell by talking to them they really do care about what they do. And I wish more people understood what great people we have in our organization. I agree with that. And that's, that's why I love doing this show. When you were at the police academy, and I don't want to say younger because not everyone who joins us is some have life experience. Do you miss seeing that enthusiasm to sign up and do this job? Or does it remind you of how we were when we started? Because that was us. Do you, did you enjoy that part of your career? I absolutely loved the academy when I went through um, in 1991. But I, I really enjoy being able to help mold and, and help make officers at a younger age see kind of the overall big picture of what the mission is and what you're here to do and not to focus so much on social media and what others are saying, but focus more on what can I do, what, how, what value can I add to the department. And when you're young, you don't think about what value can I add, but you can add value. And I really enjoy the younger generation and, and I think they have a lot to offer in policing. We're talking to Jen LaRock from the Phoenix Police Department. I tell people all the time, policing has changed, the methods and tools have changed, but the desire to serve hasn't. When you look at your next career or your next move, uh, what do you want your legacy to be in the field of law enforcement? Uh, That's a great question. I think just that I help give people some light bulb moments, things to think about, not only on a legal standpoint, but on the overall big picture. And once you kind of get people to think in a different way, and sometimes they have that light bulb moment of, ah, that's how that works together. And I I think that overall, just that I care about the, the mission and the organization and the people and and as a whole. I love the term light bulb moment. Jen LaRock, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the service you provide the community. Thank you to you listening audience, to add our producer, and to KTAR Bonneville for this time. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.